When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Hello and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 179 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. Now, first off, right off the bat, if you are listening to this episode on release day, I must wish you a very happy Earth Day. And on today's show, I will say that we are celebrating the Earth. We are celebrating this very important day by applying the tenets of sustainable minimalism to our skincare routines. And we're doing that by minimizing the excess simplifying the process, and committing to eco-conscious and non-toxic products. The days of 10-step skincare routines may indeed be over, and that's because many consumers are realizing that using excessive products equates to excessive exposure to potentially harmful chemicals. There are also questions to be raised when we consider whether such products are effective. The toner, the exfoliant, the emulsion. What on earth is emulsion, by the way? I have no idea. The eye cream. Are these products even doing what we expect them to do? And of course, there's also all that packaging waste. So lots of considerations when we talk about skincare. Today, I am speaking with Jeremy Coles and Emma DeCirca, the husband and wife team behind Croon. And Croon is the chemical-free, sustainable microfiber face cleanser that you can upcycle back to the company when you're done with it. Today, Jeremy and Emma discuss the problems they see within the skincare industry, as well as offer potential solutions for those of us who are ready to look at the products in our bathrooms with critical eyes. Jeremy and Emma, I'm thrilled to have you. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much for having us. I'm thrilled that you're here. And Emma, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. And like Jeremy, delighted to be talking with you. Well, I just love a good accent. And can I just say that I have not one great accent to talk with today, but two. So I am personally quite thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with some introductions Tell my listeners who are not yet acquainted with Croon who you are, what you do, and what on earth is a Croon? Who we are, I'll be honest, we've asked ourselves that a lot as we've tracked through 2020, but I think the short answer is we're the husband and wife team behind Croon. You ask what Croon is. It's a toxin-free, sustainable microfiber cleanser. We're also Australian, as you detected. We've been living in the US, in New York City, specifically for the past few years. 
Jeremy started his career as a civil engineer. My career has primarily been in consumer goods with a focus on strategy. So Stephanie, our journey started around eight years ago when we were getting ready to welcome our daughter Scarlett. And we started paying real attention to the labels on the products that we used and thought there has to be a better way. In fact, it lines up actually right with your mama minimalist mantra. It's totally on spec here that living less out of habit and more out of intentionality. At the heart of that statement is the notion of changing for the better. And that was really what we set out to do and led us quickly to Croon. And as for what we do, we're parents to a really funny and energetic, soon-to-be nine-year-old daughter. Her name is Scarlett. We're untrained second-grade school teachers. Big shout-out to teachers. And we're Croon. We're part of a growing community of small business owners and entrepreneurs who are really setting out to find planet-friendly solution to life's household and, in our case, beauty challenges. Well, when we talk about planet-friendly solutions to, you know, everyday products, we would talk about the disposability factor. Disposability is absolutely everywhere in 2021. And as I was doing research for this episode, I was shocked to find disposability in our skincare products. There's the throwaway wipes, which I knew about. There's disposable throwaway face masks. I never even knew those existed. There's the shampoo and blotting tissues. And I would argue that all these disposable items are meant to hook us essentially on disposable products. So we keep buying so that we're repeat consumers. All that to say Croon is not a disposable product. Tell me, what is it, but how do you use it? How specifically is it different from, let's say, a face cloth? So Croon, I suppose, is no different. In the way you use it, probably no different from a face cloth. The difference is in the design of the fibre. It has been developed over the last 30 years in Europe. Our fibres are one one hundredth the size of a human hair. The fibres go across your face and literally pluck the dirt out of the pores of your skin. Whereas if you use a face washer, face washers don't do that. They're designed to be used with soap. The soap breaks down those particles. And as good as a soap is, there are small particles left inside your pores and it's just not as effective as Croon, to be honest with you. It's a disc-like, so for those of you who are listening, it's a a disc-like textile. And as Jeremy explained, it's made up of these ultra-fine fibres that are uniquely weaved together. And in totality, just with water, the fibres are activated and they are designed to reach into the pores and lift anything, any impurities, bacteria and makeup from the skin and take it away. And as, as you hinted up front, Stephanie, they're entirely reusable. They're designed to be reused. Each croon typically replaces around 400 disposable face wipes Each disposable face wipe typically takes about 100 years to break down in landfill. I must say, first of all, thank you so much for sending me a package of croons that was so generous of you both. And I have been using them for the past week. And I must be honest, I was a little bit skeptical that my face could 
get clean without soap. I mean, I've <laughs> used soap for 36 years. How on earth can my face <laughs> be clean without soap? But it really does work. And I thank you, Jeremy, for talking about the size of the fibers. I feel as though it almost deep cleans. And I want to talk about Kroon specifically more later, but I would like to pivot our discussion and talk about the skincare industry in general as a whole. The average American woman uses 12 beauty products per day. And I know that my listeners who are listening right now are counting in their head how many <laughs> <laughs> how many they use. I'm counting. But what are some of the potential pitfalls of using 12 beauty products on our skin every single day? I've done episodes before on the potentially hazardous chemicals. So maybe we can start there. What does the average lay listener, lay listener, lay person not know about their skincare products? Such an important question, Stephanie, and one that our journey to Croon <laughs> helped us uncover for ourselves a lot that we didn't know. One caveat as we said up front, we're not toxicologists nor chemists and we don't come from beauty or even a product development background. We're what we call, I mean, we're super consumers in the truest sense of the phrase. So it was our desk research at a time in our life when we were expecting actually our daughter that we were really asking ourselves, what are we inviting into our home? And it was through that research, not just into our home, um, into our bodies, actually, onto our skin. And it was through that, that research and I guess that trigger that we uncovered quite a few watch outs. And some of the key ones that were most concerning for us were, were ingredients like parabens and phthalates. Um, we tend to know them by name, but parabens are a preservative found in so many cosmetic products and they've been proven to pass through our skin barrier and into our bodies. Phthalates are believed to be endocrine disruptors and have been shown to lead to quite a slew of hormonal health problems. There's triclosan, triclocarbon. There's evidence that these types of chemicals can disrupt our hormone cycles. Other ingredients like oxybenzone, so aside from being a possible endocrine disruptor, it's a common ingredient in um, SPF, in sunscreens. It was banned in, in Hawaii because it's been shown to cause harm to coral reefs. A lot of cosmetics still contain formaldehyde and formaldehyde-releasing agents, and many, in fact, chemicals that have been banned in Europe for being known, known carcinogens are often still available in, in products in the U.S., and, of course, chemicals per se aren't a dirty word. Everything is a chemical. It's the type and the levels and the overall load of the nasty ones that we need to be cognizant of. And it was through our desk research and as we started really reading the ingredient lists and paying a little bit more attention to what was in our bathroom cupboards that we realised the majority of products in the US tend to contain something something kind of nasty, something that it would be better to not be putting uh, onto our skin or using in our routines. Yeah, and it's interesting, Stephanie. You know, I grew up, I hate to say it, through the 80s, and we grew up with the understanding that if it was on the supermarket shelves or if it was in the, the pharmacy, on the pharmacy shelves, that it was obviously safe. And that's something that 
I've sort of lived with all my life up until about 10 years ago. And then when you start delving into this, you see that the regulators aren't really doing a job of, of cutting out those nasties. It's actually up to the companies to do that in the US. So, you know, what I grew up with in thinking that everything on these shelves is safe, it's just not an assumption I make anymore after doing this research. And I think that's important. And I think we're better to simplify things and rather than necessarily doing research on every chemical that's involved in these things, I'm just erring on the side of caution. So, you know, really we should be just simplifying everything and anything that we that we really don't know what it is or what it can do to you, just say no. There are there are products out there that, that you can use that you know are safe. You know, err on the precautionary side of things. That's what I've learned. Hmm. So much of both of your answers really spoke to me. Emma, you mentioned the importance of paying a little bit of attention, and that made my ears perk up because I believe that a sustainable minimalist lifestyle is all about paying a little bit of attention, right, to all these aspects of consumerism that we've taken for granted. And Jeremy, you spoke to this really well. You mentioned how we grew up in a time where we just assumed that everything on the supermarket or pharmacy shelves was safe. And I also grew up believing that. I often have to check myself. Sustainable minimalism is about intentionality and trusting your gut and erring on the side of caution, like you also mentioned, in those instances where you might not be sure. We are going to discuss the concept of body burden after a quick word from this week's sponsor. The Sustainable Minimalist Podcast is supported by outrage and optimism. The world has been experiencing a convergence of crises. None of us has been immune to the challenges of this moment in history. Some argue that the greatest of them all is the climate crisis, and few of us know what to do about it. Isn't it all just too big for any one of us? Outrage and Optimism is a lively weekly podcast in which hosts Christiana Figueres, former UN climate chief, and her partners Tom Rivet Karnick and Paul Dickinson set out to help us navigate the complexities of tackling climate change. They talk to business leaders, politicians, scientists, and activists, and ask, what makes you feel outraged about climate change? What is there to be optimistic about? I'm an avid listener of the show, and I love how the host managed to be both realistic and positive at the same time. Don't wait. Subscribe to Outrage and Optimism on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes every Thursday. And we're back with Jeremy Coles and Emma DeCirca of Croon. I want to talk about the concept of body burden. And I want to bring this up specifically because I had a listener write to me and she asked very aptly, well, what's the problem with potentially hazardous chemicals in our, not just our beauty products, but also in our cleaning products that we use to clean the counters in our houses? What's the point? Don't we just use them once and then they're gone? 
Talk to me about what on earth the concept of body burning is and how does that relate to the contents of our medicine cabinets or for me it's my makeup stash how does that all fit together it's another great question stephanie and although i don't believe it's a particularly new term it isn't one that seems to be really well known when we think about body burden the simplest way i consider it is it's the total amount of chemicals whether they're man-made or naturally occurring that are present in our body at any given point in time and as we already mentioned, chemicals per se aren't the issue. Everything is a chemical. But some of these chemicals are residing in our bodies for a long time. They're coming from pesticides. They're coming from some of the ingredients we mentioned earlier. Some are a function, a function of the production process or the manufacturing process. And when we consider just the sheer weight of our routines, uh, in particular beauty, we may be exposing ourselves and adding to our body burden night and day as we do our makeup, as we add it or, or remove it. So when you consider a typical beauty routine, whether it's skincare or makeup, from your mascara to your toner, we're using these and we're applying them onto our face and onto our body. They're not just around us. We're actually putting them on our skin and on our body. We believe we have to be asking really hard questions of those brands and products that we're using to check if they stack up. As Jeremy mentioned, we tend to operate on the precautionary principle and through really simple changes in our routine, we can swap some of these things out pretty easily without compromising performance or efficacy. That was the change that we opted to make as we found Croon and then additionally what we want to offer other people with, with Croon. Yeah, and just in saying that, you know, I witnessed, <laughs> I witnessed my wife. Emma must have thrown out $2,000 worth of makeup once she understood what was there and replaced it with, with natural makeup. I remember that day she literally cleared the shelves of all her makeup, every last skerrick of makeup, cleanser, moisturiser, et cetera, and replaced it with replacements that she knew what was in them and she was comfortable putting them on her skin. Well, Jeremy, I know you mentioned that Emma threw out all her makeup and Emma, that is a serious, <laughs> non-incremental way to make your skincare routine less toxic. Is that what you would recommend for my listeners who are listening right now and who are also looking in their makeup bags and saying, oh my goodness, this has phthalates or oh my goodness, this has formaldehyde, what do I do? Do you recommend they just throw it all out and start from scratch or do you advocate these days for a more incremental approach? It's not a bad idea to start with your face wash. It's a daily step in, in your skincare routine. Sometimes it's the only step for a lot of people. When you stop and just think about the process of adding something to remove something from your kind of from your skin, it's kind of strange. So the fact that it's a simple daily step and something like Croon can offer a zero-waste switch it's a great place to start. Based on our experiences, it's good to start where the liquids and the fragrances are. 
Fragrances in particular are often well known to hide a lot of nasties, so swapping to cleaner options there can be a really major step. As Jeremy referenced earlier, that leads you quickly to hair care. On makeup, there are so many sustainable and high-performing options that are emerging. A lot of beautiful brands out there. The industry still has a long way to go, but it's certainly becoming much less confusing to, to figure out which products are safer and cleaner and efficacious. For a long time, we've all assumed that there's this conflict. There's a conflict between, so in food, it's this assumed trade-off between health and taste. In beauty, it's performance and sustainability. And it just doesn't have to be that way. You start with something like your face wash, actually by removing that, and subbing in a product like Croon, you actually, by definition, remove a couple of other products because it has multi-uses. It really starts to add up. But there are a myriad of, of solutions that are high-performing and eco-friendly. As you start to make those changes, you really and think more deeply about products and ingredients. You start to simplify your routine quite significantly. When I first started on this holistic health journey. And I took a good hard look at my dozens of nail polishes and tons of eyeshadow that I barely ever used. The first step that I took personally was to minimize my product. So I'm all about minimalism over here. And I applied those same tenants to my beauty supplies. <laughs> Do I really need this, right? Do I use this and need it to be whatever, prettier, healthier, whatever the adjective is. If the answer was no, I then looked at it critically. And the first product that I was able to say goodbye to without any sadness whatsoever was the perfume. You were right, Emma, you mentioned that the fragrance industry has a lot of quote unquote fragrances within their fragrances. And that's just a interesting term to host a bunch of potentially hazardous chemicals. The next thing then was the shampoo. You mentioned, I believe you said, how strange is it that we add something in to take something away? And that is just exactly shampoo in a sentence, right? <laughs> we're adding in sulfates to strip our hair. And then we're adding in conditioner to rehydrate what we just stripped. It just doesn't make so much cognitive sense. So for anybody listening who really wants to clean up their beauty regimen but doesn't know where to start, I would suggest you start by applying the tenets of minimalism to your stuff, right? Is this essential? Do you need it? Do you love it? And then for everything that you do need, you do love, if it's quote unquote dirty, can you replace it with some non-toxic, eco-friendly alternative. I don't know. I just went off on a tangent, but would you guys agree with those two steps? I would agree a thousand percent. And I'd add a third, as you rightly said, as you start peeling back your routine and making some of the changes and focusing on the things that you, you do love in your routine, the steps or the types of experiences that you want in your routine. Reusability is truly the penultimate zero-way switch. Anytime you can swap out a single-use item for a product that's designed to be reused, you are gaining a ton of greenie points. And not just greenie points, you've simplified. 
you've simplified things so, so much. Let's chat about your seven-day challenge that starts on Earth Day. My first question is, what on earth is your seven-day challenge? And my second question is, how can we join the challenge? One of the difficulties we have with the consumer is as they learn about our product, first thing they think is, this is fantastic, but I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And because I don't believe it, I'm not going to make that investment in that. So what we've got to do is educate and what we've got to do is get some doubters that, that really don't believe it to use it, as you have, and that was the start of the seven-day challenge. We're uh, giving 150 users uh, challenge kits and we're asking those who are ready to commit to swapping out their usual facial soaps, their lip cleansers or their wipes with just croon for seven days. Over the course of the seven days, we'll ask folks to send us photos or videos to share their experience. And lastly, just take a quick survey at the end to share feedback. But that's effectively the seven-day challenge. It's hopefully a really positive nudge for anyone, well, the first 150 people who are letting us yeah. know that they're thinking about making this kind of change. And I would say the best part about it is there's no obligation. Listeners can try the seven-day challenge, and if for whatever reason it doesn't work for them, they can go back to their old ways. There's no downside. Am I correct? And Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, we've talked a lot about makeup routines and the like, and what I don't want to forget about is men here. Men are becoming more and more interested in the way they look, their skin, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the most simple swap for men because it's actually easier. <laughs> it takes you 30 seconds to clean your face and give your face a great clean. You get a pack and the whole family can use it. It's, it's fantastic for kids. I mean, it's not just for women and beauty. It's for men and it's for kids as well. Well, thank you so much for including the men and the kids in this conversation. I will say I just heard a real disturbing piece on the effects of phthalates on men's fertility. It's scary business. So I'm all for including the men in this conversation. For the men, the women, and the kids who are listening right now, where can they learn more about the seven-day challenge and where can they learn more about Croon? Anyone is welcome to visit justcroon.com to learn more. Through justcroon.com, you can reach out and ask us anything. And that's certainly where you can find out more about our seven-day challenge and the overall Croon products. Jeremy and Emma, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And I look forward to participating in the seven-day challenge. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Stephanie. Thanks, Stephanie. I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeremy and Emma. I have linked to Croon in this week's show notes, and I have also linked to Croon's challenge, which does sound too good to be true, but it is the opportunity for you to try Croon for free by requesting a free Croon via the link in this week's show notes. I will see you next week. Have an amazing week and take care, my friends.